Thanks for tuning in to the meditation conversation. Hop on over to karagoodwin.com. You can get a free 10-minute guided meditation right on the homepage to help you experience deep levels of peace. I also have lots of resources to learn meditation and to support your practice. And of course, by supporting those services, you are supporting my work, including the production of this very podcast to assist more souls on their path to awakening. Thank you for your support and enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to the Meditation Conversation. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and today I am joined by Stasia Ashna. Stasia is a clinical hypnotherapist and life coach who went from having debilitating panic attacks and feeling trapped in trauma to embarking on a transformative healing journey and living a life of true joy. For the past 10 years, Stasia has been helping people bloom into their confident, courageous selves and realize their true potential. She utilizes tools like internal family systems, therapeutic imagery, mindfulness, inner child healing, and breath work to help her clients achieve lasting positive results that once seemed unimaginable. So welcome. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So tell us how you got started in this journey and how you ultimately broke free of trauma. Hmm. Well, I definitely would not say, you know, I'm free from trauma. I, I don't think trauma really goes away, it, but it definitely uh, gets easier <laughs> to to manage, to live with. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, it's a, that's a big question. Um, but it's like so many people that get into work of helping others. Um, of course I overcame a lot of things in my life and I'm continuing, you know, still doing this work, still very dedicated, uh, to this work. But I, um, I grew up in a, in a house where I experienced, uh, abuse and poverty, uh, and, I've always been a very sensitive person, so as a as a child, um, that that was all very difficult for me, and I wound up kind of uh, shutting down. And as a teenager, suffered with uh, depression. And in that time, what I what I knew was there was this contrast of experience as I was having all of this depression and my house was unsafe. Um, one thing that I did experience where I, I could feel this, this contrast to everything I was living at home was I learned at a young age. And this was, um, this was with the help of just growing up in a family that really appreciated nature. I spent a lot of time outside. So I would just retreat out into nature. I would skip school, like my junior year of high school, I uh, got pulled into the principal's office and was told I set a record for the most days missed um, oh, wow. of, any, of any student ever. Wow. <laughs> um, but, you know, what I was doing is I was going to like, this sounds silly in some ways to people, but I think I was doing what I intuitively knew I needed. And I was going out to a forest preserve and I was reading books. And that was how I cared for myself. So on the surface, while it looked like I was this like bad kid, 
I was doing what I needed to do to to take care of myself. Um, because- it's so funny because as you said that, I was like preparing this comment of like, and I'm sure that the trees gave you a an award that you know that afternoon for the most presence of any junior in high school to you know to have with the trees. <laughs> totally. Yeah. You're so funny. Yeah, exactly. That wisdom of the forest. So like, yeah, I, I it was this, it was totally just a, a safe space for me. And it, um, as somebody who is also, I, I was, you know, and a lot of people who might listen to this, if you grew up in, in a traumatic experience, you often find that you, you become a, an old soul, um, which just means you have to, you know, sometimes that sometimes, yes, you might be an old soul. And then, you know, it also might be that you had to grow up too fast because of your environment, because yeah, you had to handle and, a lot of difficult experiences. Right. And that insecurity, you learn how to l- read people really well because oh you're like gosh. looking for, you know, what, okay, how, how are things, is the ship upright? Are we tilted? You know, so you, yeah. I, I believe so. Yeah. Hypervigilant. I, yeah. Um, yeah, very hypervigilant. Yeah, I, I, I mean, there's a lot of, there There are certain superpowers in these things as well. Like, you know, people who go through very difficult experiences are often very good at reading their environment and reading people. Um, right. So, uh, so yeah, I, I was basically just trying to get through those years and trying to, um, just trying to get through everything that was so, it was just so difficult. And once I uh, moved out of my family's home when I was 18 and went off on my own, then I, you know, at that time I had already started exploring. I think I was really led to yoga and meditation through Henry David Thoreau. Um, And I mean, he, his, his philosophy is very similar in a lot of ways to Eastern philosophies uh, about spirituality. So I, um, I found yoga and I started practicing yoga as a way to uh, calm my mind and, of course, to, like, become more flexible. But what wound up happening was at 18, 19, when I was I had moved away, I got, I got really into this yoga practice. But what, but what was happening is I was spending a lot of time in shavasana, uh, which, if anybody knows yoga, it's the final, like, people usually do this throughout a yoga practice, depending on what kind of sequence you're doing, but the end of yoga, you're always laying on, on the ground. They call it corpse pose as well. Uh, and I just loved laying in Shavasana because I'd get into this, what I now know is a meditative state where I just, my mind was just really calm, relaxed. And I just, I just loved feeling that way. So I kind of had this evolution, this natural evolution of finding different tools that help me to get into a place that was just more calm and focused. I wound up finding great teachers, a meditation teacher at the age of 21 who, uh, you know, I was initiated onto a a spiritual path uh, and that changed my life. I got psychotherapy, you know, in my early 20s and I still see a therapist. Um, So all of that has, you know, just, it's, it's a combination of all these things and it helped me to experience a different way of living. And my life is totally different than it was. You know, I used to, as a result of all of that trauma, I was, I was suffering with things like panic attacks, um, panic attacks that were so severe that I would have fainting spells. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was pretty, it's pretty challenging. Uh, and, but now I have all these wonderful tools that 
I was given by awesome, wonderful teachers. And now I'm able to share those with my clients. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that and your vulnerability. And I know that anytime we have to kind of look back when we've had such a painful past that takes courage. And um, so I really honor and appreciate you, you stepping back into that for us. Thank you. Um, And it's beautiful how you have been able to utilize that. It's such a, it's, and so quickly, you know, it was kind of like late teens, early twenties, you're already, kind of finding healthy um, healthy outlets and recognizing, hey, this makes me feel good. And, um, and hey, maybe, maybe my experience that I've had and, you know, the, the bad along with the healing that I've been able to find, mm-hmm. you know, if I put those things together and, and mobilize myself, then I can help other people. And that's really powerful. So what a huge gift. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. Yeah. I, you know, and I was, when I was going through all of that as a teenager, I definitely didn't like have great self-esteem. So I didn't realize, like now I look back, I'm so proud of myself that I, you know, well, again, it, it was misperceived by most people around me and thought I was like, you know, quite a troublemaker. I was so (laughs) innocent and I was genuinely trying to help myself. Uh, And in so many ways, I think I was doing just, just what I needed to do. Uh, and I'm I'm very grateful that I that I found those resources when I was young. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So one of the tools that you utilize are internal family systems, and we haven't really explored this on the podcast. So can you talk a little bit about what that is? Absolutely. Uh, IFS is so internal family systems is abbreviated to IFS. So most people will refer to it as that. Uh, it is a therapy modality created by a psychologist named Dr. Richard Schwartz. And uh, it's been around for quite a while, but just in the last few years, it's become increasingly popular. Uh, there's a number of celebrities who have uh, written about it and talk about it openly. Uh, so that helps out obviously. Um, and, and, and more and more people are finding it and they're experiencing it and having such wonderful life-changing results. Uh, it's a very experiential therapy modality. So it's not just, it's not like a traditional talk therapy where you just kind of sit and you talk about your, what's going on. Uh, in IFS, there's the model is that we all have what is called self energy and that is the center, the core of a person. And it embodies qualities like calmness, connectedness, compassion, courage, confidence, and, and then we have parts and our parts are uh, labeled as either protectors or exiled parts and the exiled parts are the parts of us that hold those deep wounds. Uh, and then the protectors are the sort of our defense mechanisms. Uh, and what we do with IFS is we're working to get into a differentiated place where we can, uh, and, and very similar to mindfulness, step back into this energy into the self energy and observe with curiosity the the sort of what our what our parts are doing, uh, and a lot of these parts are operating from old stories and they are actually stuck in the past and reliving past experiences. So um, 
you know, you might be, you might have a pattern in your life where uh, you're, you're still sort of operating from this, whatever, maybe it's a past trauma, something that happened to you and your consciousness is still sort of there. Uh, and in that case, we want to update and integrate that part into the present so that that part is aware that, you know, that's no longer reality. And this is, this is what's going on. This is where we live today. Um, so, so it's a, ultimately what we're trying to do is to become self-led where these parts of us are no longer like fragmented, um, or separate from self. We integrate them into self energy, into presence, into our present awareness. And through that, uh, the extreme, uh, behaviors of the parts or the extreme feelings just relax and transform naturally. Nothing goes away. Nothing needs to be fixed. It's all about just transforming through that self-energy. They will naturally start to heal. And, and then our essential qualities come back, things like uh, curiosity, um, things that you might have had to repress or lose touch with in, um, because you had to take on these extreme jobs like, you know, sometimes when, if you're a child who goes through trauma, you grew up in a household that's scary, you might lose touch with things like your creativity. Uh, and a lot of that can now safely return once you're really, once your system is really updated and integrated into the present. Oh, wow. So with the internal family systems, then the, is the, is the family part of IFS those pieces or yes. is it really working with the nuclear family. I don't know what happened there. Yeah. We're talking about this sort of family. So your internal family system would be your parts. Uh, okay. and so those, those protectors, those exiles, um, right now I'm in an IFS level two training though, that is for couples where we can look at how people's parts in relationship interact. And it's fat. It's fascinating. Okay. Wow. So is there like, role playing that's part of it so that to help you kind of go back into where the the root of these pieces come from or like how how or is it just by witnessing just by going in witnessing. and observing okay and yeah, just exactly. know becoming aware of those patterns and yeah so your witness so we do a lot of witnessing uh there's, you know, you, what you would do is you would step back and you um, typically you would start by just locating uh, the energy of a part in or around your body and really just focusing on it. Uh, getting, you know, it's a it's often it's kind of a slow process of just really observing, you know, what 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 a part is doing, and then we will uh, usually, depending on the person, we'll start to engage with that part, and that looks different for each person. Some people are very visual, so they might, you know, they might locate the energy of uh, of a part in their you know in their chest. Maybe it's a part of them that's feeling scared or panicked, and and then we'll focus on that energy, that feeling and sensation, and then we'll see if there's any words, thoughts, or images that are associated with the part. And, you know, some people who are very visual might instantly get uh, the, the impression of like, you know, a version of them at some age, and then they'll see that. And then we just kind of witness and then, and then they will, they will start to engage and befriend that aspect of themselves. So that's, that's like, those are the first steps is we want to go into befriending. Because uh, okay. often, we're sort of, we're not really in relationship with our parts. We're, they're unconscious from us. 
Um, or sometimes we're just very critical. We don't like parts of ourselves. Yeah. Uh, well, it's interesting that you talk about the exiled parts because, yeah. you know, it's really a rejection of, of part. I, it seems similar to like shadow work, you know, is mm-hmm. another yeah. term that you hear a lot. And, um, and it's this incorporation of the parts of us that we want to deny, Mm-hmm. But they are a part of us, and mm-hmm. um, and you know they can't be integrated if we keep if we keep denying them. Yeah, and that mm-hmm. denial is is usually it is an effort to protect ourselves because we're scared to face you know that we're scared to face what what exists there. And so, um, and I think that's important to distinguish that any protective aspect of your system. It's the intentions are good, even if it's repressing or rejecting a part. Mm -hmm. It's that that might have been what you learned to do in order to get through something very difficult. And at one point in time, that might have actually worked. You know, if you grew up in an environment that wasn't supportive, maybe that was what you had to do was Mm -hmm. to reject and repress those feelings. Uh, Because it wasn't a safe space to be able to feel those things. But now when you're in, you know, in a safe space in your life, now you can start to bring, bring, bring those parts back in. They don't have to be rejected anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, this goes, this ties in pretty well with inner child work. And I know that you help people a lot with their inner child. Can you talk about the importance of our, our inner child? inner children. Yeah. And I love that you said inner children because it's actually, I think that we have more, like we have more than just one inner child. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people have so many different versions of themselves that you can go back and meet, but it's, yeah, inner child work is, is wonderful. I do a lot of uh, age regression hypnosis with clients where we'll go back into childhood and work with the inner child. Uh, and, and it's important because just like, just like I was, um, discussing with IFS, what happens in our lives is often we sort of, we go through difficult experiences and uh, we we get kind of stuck in these situations. And our consciousness today is sometimes still sort of functioning from those spaces. You might have uh, unresolved trauma or fears that you're still playing out. Maybe you're, uh, you know, maybe you grew up in a house where you really had to shut down and be quiet because they're, it was scary. And then in your adulthood, you still struggle to really feel grounded and assertive in yourself. And, and maybe there's specifically people that you might be around where you get triggered back into those, those feelings in childhoods. You know, say if you're, you know, if you grew up in a household where you had very domineering parents who yelled at you, and then as an adult, you find yourself with a domineering boss who yells at you, all of a sudden you're like triggered right back into that that wound of childhood right. and just getting yeah. really scared. And mm-hmm. while you might feel naturally like in your day-to-day when you're not around triggering people, very calm, centered and confident, it's like once you're around that person, oh, now I'm right back into that, you know, that child self. Um so we we go back and we meet these parts of ourselves and we don't just meet them. We want to just like in in IFS bring that child self, take that child self out of that past experience that might have been scary and bring them into the present so they don't have to live there anymore. So that's a a very active experiential process I'll do with clients where we just kind of offer to the inner child, hey, do you want to come 
would you like to come with me or would you like to leave that, you know, that scary experience and, and bring them into the present or take them somewhere that's safe so that they they see that life is really different right now. We don't we're, you know, you know, often if if we're working together, it means that things have changed. You know, you're no longer in that in that situation. And uh, but sometimes the inner child doesn't know that. The inner child thinks that we're still there. Like, you know. Yeah. So um yeah, inner child work it, it has been very profound for my clients and and for me as well. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, it really it's so nurturing, you know, it's yes. such a loving practice of, you know, for, for yourself to acknowledge the vulnerability and, and like you're talking about bringing that into the present. It's really touching. That's really yeah. beautiful. I like my work is, is so based in love and nurturing. Yeah. I think that that is truly the way to heal is through self-acceptance, self-compassion. Right. Uh, and love and things yeah. just that's what people are really craving is is what I see with, with so people come to me. Yeah, beautiful. Well, um, I also wanted to talk about the therapeutic imagery because I really don't know a lot about that. So can you talk us through this um this tool? Sure. So in hypnosis, uh, you know, therapeutic imagery is is a natural part of hypnosis. Uh especially if I'm working with people who have very creative minds and are, and are visual. Uh, if, if that's not the case, that's okay. We don't have to, uh, we, we don't have to use therapeutic imagery. Um, but it's, it's just using, creating, uh, using the imagination to, uh, as a tool to create, uh, images that we can kind of focus on. So if you've ever taken like a guided meditation journey, that per the person that's guiding you through that is is likely using therapeutic imagery. They're taking, they're asking you to walk down the path, and along the path you see different things. And um, and when I'm using therapeutic imagery, I'm often using therapeutic imagery as a metaphor for whatever issue it is that we're working on. So it might not be like a direct representation of you know the experience. We're using it metaphorically and kind of creating a story almost. Uh, in in a way that is that is helpful to to help them um, if the intention is to release something or to uh, create a, a new neural pathway of one that is you know focused on um, creating a, a new healthier pattern uh, or habit, uh, then we'll use therapeutic imagery to help guide that process. Oh, okay. That yeah. well, then I'm very familiar with therapeutic imagery. Yeah. I was going to um, say, in, in <laughs> yeah, in a meditative sense, because our imagination, or our quote unquote imagination, is is really really powerful, and it can really open doors. And this yes. is one of the things that I uh, that I teach in my meditations is that um, so often we block ourselves with our mm -hmm. imagination. You know, it's like, we want to know, is this real? Is it my imagination? And it's like very black and white. Whereas our imagination is this really powerful gateway. Yeah. And, um, and some people like you, you've said a couple of times where it's like, some people are more, more gifted or more lean toward the, um, visual and it's easier for them to come up with visuals and some people like are totally blocked. So if it's like yeah. picture yourself walking through a forest, it's like 
nope, I can't see it. You know, so it's like, well, what can you, can you feel it? Can you, can you imagine it? You know, rather than like feeling like you've got to get the picture right, but somehow if we just bring our imagination into it, it's like, okay, I may not be like having to get the visual right, but I can, I can play with my imagination, but there it's like this secret doorway to get us to actually embody real emotions, real healing, real results. Um, It's very mysterious that way. I I mean, I think it's mysterious. (laughs) Yeah, it's really fun. I'm super visual. So I love, I love any sort of I mean, it just comes really natural, like creating imagery for clients. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and some people's brains are just, just work differently, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not a problem necessarily. Some people do have blocks and they, you know, and, and that's where IFS can come in handy is to really see what, what's going on there. The part parts or part of them that might be blocking that process. And mm-hmm. then other people just, you know, they're just not very visual. And in that case, we might use more, you know, maybe they, maybe the sense that, they get they have more connection with is uh is like feeling or like physical sensation uh so in that case we might you know i might do more like using energy as as a as a way to help feel like feel what this feels like in your body feel it coming through your body we use lots of feeling words Uh, i have plenty of clients i've worked with over the years that are like that or if um you know some people are they're they're okay with uh visuals, but metaphor doesn't really work for them because they don't have, their mind is not very creative. They like, you know, they're more logical. More so they wanna, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They want more of like a very straightforward, direct, um, descriptive experience that feels more grounded in, in reality. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's beautiful that you have all of these tools to help and and recognizing the different strengths for different people so that, you know, you can work to bring that wholeness, you know, and bring them you. that embodied expression of who they are. That's Thank wonderful. you. So yeah. how can people find out more about you and the work that you do? So, yeah, I would love to uh, hear from anybody that's, you know, anything that's been said here today resonates uh, and you're curious more about what I what I do. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. And my handle is just stasia.ashna. Uh, and feel free to DM me there if you're curious to connect. Uh, and my website, which is uh, stasiaashna.com. There are uh, applications on there for connections if you want to get on a quick call with me, learn about my coaching and my hypnosis work. I also have uh, a group in Chicago that I lead. Um, and there's in my in the bio on my Instagram, there's a, an application to, to get on my mailing list for my events in Chicago. And I have a virtual group as well for women, uh, and it's sort of like a virtual support group for women who are looking to connect in a, a conscious and safe environment with other women who are on the healing journey. Uh, and that is um, that's just that it, we just started that last month, and it's beautiful. It's it's such a I just I love bringing women together uh, where you know they may be feeling lacking in their community. And put mm-hmm. them together and say, "Oh, we can create a community mm-hmm. here where mm-hmm. we can all be seen and heard and support each other on this on this journey." 
That's wonderful. Thank you. Well, I'll have that information in the show notes so people can get to it easily. Thanks. Uh, Well, what a blessing to be here with you today. Thank you so much for all the work you're doing. And thank you for, for joining me today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love for you to do me one quick favor, which is to think of one person who would benefit from hearing this content. Let them know you're thinking of them by sharing this episode with them right now. Thank you, and I look forward to the next meditation conversation.